back. This is Best of Show, the competition brewing podcast. This show is dedicated to all things in the world of competitive homebrewing. I'm your host, John Black, and I intend to provide you with updates on which brewers are taking home medals in the biggest competitions across the country, as well as keeping you up to speed on what competitions are coming up so you won't miss out on being a part of the next big competition. And what a weekend it was. My wife and I made the trip up to Dallas for the Blue Bonnet Brew-Off Conference and Awards Ceremony. I'll be sure to share the highlights from that experience, as well as cover all the awards from this past weekend. We have a couple of upcoming competitions to let you know about as well, and we'll wrap up the show with a very special guest. John Lawless is a competitive homebrewer, experienced BJCP judge, competition coordinator for multiple events, including the National Homebrew Competition, and he's currently running for the governing committee for the American Homebrewers Association. I'm sure you'll enjoy this interview as we talk NHC, competitions in general, and the AHA elections. But first, let's recognize the best of show award winners from this past weekend's competitions. We'll start in Tennessee, where the Clarksville Carboys Limited Edition 5 announced their winners. Only 48 entries were judged in five categories of British, Irish, and Scottish beers. There are lots of familiar names on the winner's list, but the best of show went to Charles Macaluso of the Oregon Brew Crew for Lost Sailor, an English barley wine. Congratulations, Charles, and to all the medal winners. Next up, we head down to Miami for the Coconut Cup hosted by MASH, the Miami Area Society of Homebrewers. There were 393 entries judged over 42 medal categories. The best of show beer went to Raphael Dubois of MASH with the Lambic. The best of show for Mead and Cider goes to Tracy Kufus of the Cane Island Ailers with the Sweet Mead. And the Heavy Metal Brewer Award also went to Raphael Dubois. And the Heavy Metal Club Award went to the Miami Area Society of Homebrewers. Great job, everyone. Since we celebrated St. Patrick's Day last week, we should probably recognize the Shamrock Open hosted by Carboy, the Cary Apex Raleigh Brewers of Yore. The first place Best of Show winner was Tim Kelly of Salisbury, North Carolina, with a Flanders Red Ale named Flanders Red. Congratulations, Tim. I have no doubt that you had the best beer, but you've really got to get more creative with the beer names. My own personal honorable mention goes to the third place best to show American Stout by Mike Whitehead of Charlotte based on beer name alone. I hope his wife is not too angry for the beer being named My Wife is a Little Stout. The Shamrock Open also recognized top brewer awards for Eric Darnell with five of his six entries meddling and maintaining an average score on all entries of 37 points. Congratulations, Eric. So now it's time to talk about the big showdown in Dallas, Texas, as previewed in a prior episode. The Blue Bonnet Brew-Off Conference and Awards took place over the weekend, so let's talk about the big winners first, and then I'll share some of my experiences from the weekend. It's a major accomplishment just to win a medal at Blue Bonnet, but these brewers took home the best of show, which is outstanding. For beer, the winner was Keith Wright of the Red Earth Brewers with an English Porter. For Best of Show Cider, we have a very familiar name that you'll hear a lot on this podcast, the incomparable Bill Boyer of the North Georgia Malt Monkeys. And finally, the Best of Show Mead goes to the man who is probably sick and tired of hearing the jokes, but never tired of winning big, Matthew Mead. Taking home the Blue Bonnet Club of the Year Award is the North Texas Homebrewers Association, 
with seven gold, six silver, and four bronze medals. And finally, the man who stood tallest among all the competitors, the Blue Bonnet Brewer of the Year, went to Mark Rendon of the North Texas Homebrewers Association. This incredibly humble man took home three gold and one silver on the biggest stage. Incredible accomplishment, Mark. That was a big weekend of awards, and I know it wasn't all the competitions, but I have to save something for next week. For new competitions to consider entering, I'll keep that simple this week. The biggest competition in the nation is now open for registration. The National Homebrew Competition is accepting registrations from now through March 29th, or when capacity is reached. You have until May 16th to modify your entries, and entries are not due until June 3rd. So you can register now, even if you haven't brewed your beer yet. Fees are only $29 per entry, and six bottles are required. To hear more on the reasons for the entry fee and bottle requirements, listen in for the John Lawless interview later with all the details. So I wanted to do something a little different with this episode and tell you about my experience attending Blue Bonnet. An in-person awards event can be a lot of fun, so I'll start by telling all the competition organizers out there that you want to make your awards live and fun. The brewers are going to greatly appreciate that. So Bluebonnet kicked off with the obligatory keynote speaker, followed by a massive local craft beer showcase. There were some great beers in there, and a few not so great, but it was a fun start to the weekend by networking with fellow brewers from around Texas and the surrounding states. I even met a longtime member of my own homebrew club that I'd never met before since he relocated to Chicago. But I'd have to say the best beer of the night was a fantastic Irish coffee cream ale from Shannon Brewing Company in Keller, Texas. All their beers were great, but this one blew me away. The next morning, I had to collect beer entries for Lunar Rendezvous as we made Blue Bonnet a drop-off point for our own competition. I got to meet and talk with more great brewers, including the Circuit of America leader, Fritz Shans. And yes, I'm totally name-dropping on you right now. Next thing you know, my wife and I are on the Dallas Pub Crawl, as recommended by Matt Morris on a previous episode. As with all great adventures, there were some snafus that led to a memorable pub crawl. The highlight was our driver mistakenly taking a 45-foot charter bus through a narrow street neighborhood with some very close calls squeezing through tight turns and dodging parked cars. Luckily, we had an awesome bus mom in Smitty of the North Texas Homebrewers to help us get through it. The awards presentation was fantastic, hosted by Matt Morris. I was very proud of all my old and new friends that came away with awards. At least I did win something, even if it was just a raffle prize. But another unforgettable moment came when my friend Bano Benavides won his first Stein, followed immediately by a bronze medal. What makes it worth mentioning is that he had just stepped out of the room just before his big moment. I feel for you, Bano. Next year, when I hopefully get one, I know I'm going to stay glued to my seat just in case. The night ended with some truly fantastic homebrew presented by clubs from around Texas, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. I met a lot more incredible brewers and enjoyed the camaraderie of the night. I now know where the bar is set for a homebrew event. Thank you to all the organizers for putting on a fantastic blue bonnet. So no matter what part of the country you're listening from, Enter and plan to attend Blue Bonnet in a future year. You will not regret it. Enough about me and my adventures. It's time to hear from our guests this week. If you don't already know, this is the final week for the election of the American Homebrewers Association's Governing Committee. 
I've invited a candidate, John Lawless, to come on the show and talk about the committee and why it's important for you as a competitive brewer to vote. We'll also talk about the opening of the National Homebrew Competition. John is one of the judging organizers of the NHC and will tell you why you should consider entering. My guest today is John Lawless. In addition to his vast experience in judging and organizing homebrew competitions, John is running for an elected position on the American Homebrewers Association's Governing Committee. John, welcome to the Best of Show podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. Uh, that's a great name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and thanks for having me. It's, it's really nice to be here. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming on the show to talk about your competition experiences. So how'd you get started in homebrewing? That's a, that's a really great question. I've been involved in homebrewing now for almost 17 years. Actually, it's probably about 17 years. Um, and I, it's an easy thing to keep track of because I got involved with homebrewing when I met my wife. So her father it was an avid homebrewer. And she, uh, once, I, once I met him, uh, he got me started into homebrewing. And he had already had the whole setup. He had been brewing since 99. So he was all grain, the whole bit, you know, brewing on propane. And uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of uh, love at first sight once I was able to get on on a brew day with him. So over the years, you've been involved in a number of different homebrew competitions, including NHC and Great American Beer Festival. What kind of involvement have you had in those events? Yeah, it's, I've had a lot of involvement in competitions on the competition side, whether it be for judging or actually running the competition. Uh, so recently I judged uh, in Memphis. Uh, and just before that, I had judged in the Music City Brew Off. So I judged the Bluff City Brew Off and Music City Brew Off recently, uh, which were my 40th and 41st competitions that I've judged. So I've, I've done a few <laughs> and I have done every job that you can imagine that exists in a competition. And this is both on the amateur homebrewing side and professional. So we're talking about judging, stewarding, uh, which that can take many forms itself, judge director, judge coordinator, local volunteer coordinator for World Beer Cup, uh, competition assistant manager for GAVF and World Beer Cup, and uh, competition assistant manager for uh, NHC. So what are some of the things you've learned over the years from these organizations side of things uh, that you can help other competitions to put on bigger and better events? Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. So um, for homebrew, uh, especially homebrew clubs, putting on competitions, you need some really dedicated volunteers. That's going to be my number one recommendation. Do not attempt to put on a competition unless you have a core group of people that are going to be your ride or dies because, and if you could say that you're going to get some people to come out the day of, but it always ends up that, you know, one or two folks are going to be the people that are going to bear the, the, the burden of really executing that competition, make sure that they hold it together in the glue. So I would definitely suggest making sure that you have a core group of people and, and don't try and scale your competition uh, above what you can realistically handle. Uh, you know, there's some competitions that only do a hundred beers. There's some competitions that do 5,000 beers. There is a really big difference between those two competitions. So NHC, we're planning on about 5,000 entries for this year. 
uh, but we're also planning on having somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 to 300 volunteers uh, between judges, stewards, table captains, myself, and the, my, the rest of my team. So, yeah. Well, some of the big competitions like NHC get a lot of chatter on social media, kind of discouraging the average brewer for, from entering on the premise that it has to be a 45-point beer for you to even be worthy of entering. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that stereotype and should kind of the average competitive home brewer consider these big competitions? Yeah. So when you're talking about big competitions like Blue Bonnet or, you know, uh, the Indie Brewers Fest or NHC, you know, these competitions that are bringing in anywhere between a thousand and five thousand brewers, you are going to be competing against some of the best brewers in the country. So I definitely recommend that you make sure you enter a quality beer. By all means, you are going to get feedback when you enter these competitions. So if you're just looking for feedback, enter any competition that you want to. So I wouldn't discourage anybody that's necessarily not as seasoned of a brewer. But if you think you have a really solid beer, what is a 45-point beer to one set of judges may not be to another set of judges. What I recommend highly is get some feedback from your local judges whoever they might be, or just people with some good seasoned palates and enter your beer appropriately into the category for which it tastes like, not to what you brewed it. If you brewed a pale ale, but it ended up as a double IPA, enter it as a double IPA. If you enter, if you brewed a double IPA and you ended up with a cream ale, enter it as a cream ale. Cause you want to enter it in the category that it tastes like, don't force it into the category that you want it to be in. Oh, Absolutely. Seems like some of the competitions are growing while others out there are struggling coming out of the pandemic. Uh, what's that landscape look like for NHC? Yeah, so NHC is no different. You know, we are, uh, I just had a meeting right before this interview today uh, with the NHC crew. And, you know, we're making sure that we're being very diligent about getting our messaging out there and contacting our volunteers. You know, um, we are on a lot of people say that we're on the other side of the pandemic. What your personal opinion about that is? Beside, we're moving forward with an in-person homebrew con and an in-person uh, NHC this year. And we're, we've changed our NHC model. Most people are familiar that have entered this big competition last year uh, to move from the you know, 11 regional sites uh, that pushed up to the final competition to one competition, having it under all under one roof. There's some benefits and there's some disadvantages to that. You know, one of the disadvantages is getting the number of people to actually execute a, a, a competition with 4,000 or 5,000 beers. One of the other advantages is, though, um, I think you get your beer gets a, a better shake because a beer that may have been judged uh, in California that is now going to go and get shipped to Pittsburgh uh, and, and, and was judged in first round and may have been rebrewed for its final round, that does, that's no longer matters anymore. Everybody's going to be judged equally across the same board, and uh, it's going to be a lot fairer, in, in, in my experience, and even last year executing it, it was a lot uh, fairer of a competition, and it helped us protect the integrity, making it an even uh, more prestigious competition. No, actually, that uh, answers some of what I was about to ask you, because <laughs> I was going to I was going to ask because there's, you know, there's with the recent changes in NHC things over the last couple of years, uh, that obviously breeds a lot of opinions from brewers across the country. And so I was going to ask your thoughts on, you know, the, the higher entry fee and the six bottle requirement, because those seem to be the things that I, I hear the most 
complaints about from people uh, that sure. are talking about not wanting to enter. But obviously, you, you've already laid out a, a few good points on single site judging. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and I can lean into that a little bit more too, John. You know, um, I, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Again, I'm serving as the assistant competition manager to John Moorhead, uh, along with Joshua Jackson, who is my cohort here in Nashville. And, uh, you know, we, we basically tag team the role of uh, the volunteer competition manager. So we manage all of the volunteers for the competitions who are not judges, which ends up being anywhere between 100 and 120 people. So it's, it's a fairly large crew. Um, so some of the money goes towards that, obviously. Um, you know, we're taking NSG on the road again. Okay. So we have a huge facility that we need to pay for and you know, we need to feed our judges and we need to feed our volunteers. And of course, some of that money goes into that. And, and of course, you know, the prizes and making sure that they're high quality. Um, but as far as, so that kind of speaks to the entry fee a little bit, but uh, as far as the six bottle requirement, what differs with the way that we do this competition now, as opposed to how it's been done to your traditional homebrewing competition in the past, at a typical homebrewing competition, you know, a judge is going to be brought a beer, a pair of judges are going to be brought a beer from a steward, they're going to open it at the table, they're going to judge it, fill out their BJCP score sheet, and it's going to go and figure out who won gold based on a new numeric score. At NHC, it's a little different. We do, we judge the beers the same way that we judge it at uh, World Beer Cup or GABF. So we're taking it to that professional caliber level competition. It's a double blind. So the judges never see the bottle. Okay. Uh, and the reason that we need six bottles is because we're going to be pouring a flight of beers in cups, exactly the same in every single cup poured to the brewer specifications. And then the, only the cups will be delivered to the judges. The judges will only see a cup with a number on it and they'll know the style. That is it. They don't know anything else about that beer unless it has special ingredients like fruit or something else like that, of course. Those beers are going to be distributed amongst several tables. So let's just say, for example, we have a really big category like IPA. That might hit 21 different judges. We might have that hit three different sets. And that entire flight is going to be broken down in each set of judges that we have. Let's say we have three each, so seven sets of judges. Those seven sets of judges are going to each push three beers forward to the next round. It's not necessarily what is being graded and what is advancing to gold medal uh, or silver medal or bronze medal at that point, these 21 beers that are going to be amalgamated from those seven sets of judges are going to go into another round with different judges. And then they're going to be judged again from fresh bottles. And then we're going to do it again until we get down to the last six. And then that is the medal round. So your beer might actually get passed through two or three or four different rounds before it reaches the medal round. And it's getting hitting several different sets of judges. Now you're only going to get feedback sheets from one set of judges, the very first set. But as it passes and progresses through those rounds, that's how we do it in the professional competition as well. It gives the opportunity for more judges to have the opinion on these beers. So you're really having a lot of judges touch your beer before it gets to that medal round. And it makes it a little bit more prestigious. And while the, the feedback comes from the first round only, the brewer will know at what level they advance to in, in the multiple, or additional rounds, right? That is correct. Yes. Yep. They will know if they advance to like round three or a metal round example. example. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you taking some of these NHC questions because I know the competition registration is has just opened and many brewers are making their decisions on whether or not to enter. So 
great information. Um, I know I'm actually going to be submitting my first ever entries to NHC this year. So Beautiful. I'm really excited about the process and, and seeing how this works firsthand. I'm excited for you, John. I hope you do well. And, and for your listeners, if you don't know what NHC is, it's the National Home Brewing Competition, and you have to be an AHM member. So please join the AHA. And of course, you know, vote for me and your governor. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that actually segues right into my next question. <laughs> You're doing great with this. Uh, right in the midst of NHC registration, the American Homebrewers Association is also conducting their elections for positions on the governing committee. Many homebrewers are not aware of that this is even happening or what the governing committee does. Can you tell us a little bit more about the committee? Yeah, sure can. So uh, the governing committee is an advisory board to the AHA. It is a committee that is elected by the AHA members of its members. So you must be a member and you must and you are elected by your peers. Um, anybody is open to run. You can either self-nominate or have one of your peers nominate you. Um, I, I got one of my peers to, to write up a nomination for me this year and, and they submitted it for me. Um, the role of the governing committee is to serve as an advisory board to the AHA. So um, they are, you know, the AHA is a division of the Brewers Association, and uh, there are members of the AHA governing committee that sit on the board. Uh, so they have direct communication with the, you know, the, the high leadership, the C-suite of the Brewers Association and the AHA, you know. Um, your Julia's and your Nancy's and, and your Bob's that are all out there that are sitting on the board, they, they speak to these folks directly and kind of communicate the, uh, the concerns of the membership. Our job is to, re is to represent the membership of the AHA. Um, and there's a bunch of subcommittees and stuff like there's an NHC subcommittee, there's a club subcommittee, things that, you know, we, with, that a lot of homebrewers care about. And um, the term is for three years. And you're term limited at three terms. So yeah, one person could serve nine years on the board, but then that's it. Uh, this is my first time running. Well, voting is currently open now through March 31st. Um, so people can go online uh, to homebrewersassociation.org. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so what made you decide to run for this position? And why should the listeners log in and vote for you? Yeah, so that's a really great question. I... I uh, I've been wanting to get more involved with the AHA and be give, give back to the homebrewing community. Uh, I mean, quite frankly, the homebrewing community and the brewing community at large, both professional and am amateur, some of my best friends in the world I have made through this community. And I've been able to meet people all over the world. Um, brewers as, at large are, are generally very kind and, and very friendly folks. I enjoy spending time with them. The AHA governing committee gives me an opportunity to advocate for their rights and, and, and what they uh, believe in. So I, I want to take my experience predominantly from the competition circuit and um, from both professional and, and amateur side, and also my experience uh, uh, as a home brewer myself, and, and also my experience of working in the professional brewing industry uh, to give uh, an added level of insight to the, to the uh to the committee. It's really about giving back to, to the people that have uh, granted me really good friendships over the course of the year. And, and hopefully uh, I can make some more. And any special projects or ideas that you're looking to maybe promote more within AHA? 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm always going to have my eye on the the sub the subcommittee for competitions and, and club support. Uh, you know, I'm a founding member of a, one of the clubs here in Tennessee, the Clarksville Carboys. Uh, so that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, the competition subcommittee is something that I would definitely advocate for as well. I don't personally know how the subcommittees are chosen. I'm I'm sure it's more of like a raise your hand if you want to do it, and then the the board. Uh, unanimous, you know, will elect from within itself who gets to sit on these committees. I'm also interested in the governing government uh, affairs committee, which helps with, you know, homebrewing law across the uh, entire United States and and advising uh, any type of legislative or regulatory issues that we might come across. And so uh, anybody interested in looking over who's running, they can go to the website, they can, they can view the list of candidates and some, some bios about each of them to make a little bit more informed decision. Yeah, that's 100% right. So if you go to homebrewersassociation.org, uh, like one of the first things that you're going to see on the main page is they should have the elections up there. If you don't see that, you can you know, scroll down towards the bottom. They have a, a list of events uh, about halfway down the page. Um, and there's a link there for the AHA governing committee election open. Again, you do have to be an AHA member in order to vote. Uh, but uh, the election is open until March 31st. And you could become a, a, an AHA member on March 31st and vote on March 31st. So uh, if, even if you don't want to vote, highly recommend becoming a member of the American Homebrewers Association, not only do you get access to so many uh, resources that the AHA has compiled over so many, all of these years, but you also get access to Zymergy Magazine, which is really great. Um, and the, you get access to the entire back catalog of Zymergy uh, and you can, you can go and read through all that. Uh, it, you would never be able to, you could spend the entire re- year reading articles and you would never get done with all of them. There's so many. So it's a really, really great resource, and it's a great organization to be a part of. Well, with your significant involvement in the judging process now, do you still ever get to compete as a home brewer? You know, I, uh, some folks have asked me that before. I don't compete as much. I used to compete a lot. There was actually one year I remember, and I have a picture somewhere floating around on like Facebook or something where I have like 160 gallons of beer fermenting all at the same time. I have like 10 carboys in varying states of fermentation. I don't brew nearly as much as that anymore. But yeah, there was there was a time when I would be brewing at least once a month and, and entering competitions all the time. But that entering competitions is what really got me into judging and being interested in judging. And once I got into judging and once I got into running competitions, that's where I found the fun for me at helping organize these big events and putting it on for the people that want to compete. So I don't compete now, but I, I want to help uh, put these events on so other people can compete. Well, somebody has to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, right? And I, I just happen to really enjoy it. So if they keep inviting me back, I'm going to keep on going. Well, outside of the competitions that you've helped organize, what's your favorite one to have competed in? Oh, it's my favorite. I, I'm, I'm going to go and say the Music City Brew Off uh, or the Clarksville Carboys New South Brew Off here in, in Tennessee. The Music City Brew Off in Nashville with the Music City Brewers was the first competition that I ever entered when I started home brewing. I couldn't tell you what year it was, maybe 2007, maybe 2008, somewhere around there. The New South Brew Off has a very special place in my heart because, again, I helped found uh, the Clarksville Carboys. And then when we finally decided to get a competition off the ground, which wasn't until years later, 
you know, I also entered in that competition. Of course, it was something that we helped, like, you know, that was the genesis of it. So it was, it was really cool to have entered that uh, as well. Uh, but there, there was used to be one other competition that I'll speak to uh, that I really enjoyed entering. And I don't think they do it anymore, but um, it's the Samuel Adams long shot competition. Have you ever heard of this? I've heard that mentioned before. Yeah, so the Samuel Adams long shot competition was a competition that was put on by Sam Adams. And basically, they would be putting on this home brain competition where folks would enter and then they would choose this winner. And then the winner would end up in one of their variety six packs. They would go and brew their beer at Sam Adams and then it would be sold commercially. It was really neat. Yeah, that's that's one of the real fun things, I think, out of these the more local competitions is is getting to win a pro-am and uh, I know I've, I've actually got a beer releasing at a local, local brewery in the next few weeks. So, uh, definitely that's, that's a highlight for a brewer. Yeah. Just to have something that you created and that you really have a passion for doing and seeing other people to really get to enjoy it. That's, that's one of the, the things that I think we all as home brewers can agree is, is one of the, the great joys of this hobby. So do you have any favorite awards that you've won either, you know, based on it being a prestigious event or just that special beer that had a, had some sort of significant meaning to you that won? Yeah, I would say like, you know, my medal from, from music city brew off, uh, was, was pretty, was pretty awesome. Um, and, and from the Clarksville Carboys, you know, that those, those medals that I have, I think I only have two. I actually never golded neither one of those, uh, but I, I think I, I, I have two bronze and um, yeah, it was really special having, having those, those medals just because they are local and, you know, it's kind of where I started. Well, outside of the obvious answers like temperature control, what's one suggestion you'd have for competitive brewers that are going to try to take their beer from good to great? Yeah, good to great. Uh, so temperature control obviously would be my number one thing temperature control is incredibly important and, and just having healthy yeast yeast choice is important, but I don't think it's nearly as important as temperature control and just be having a, a clean ferment. But if we're talking about specifically competitions and, and you're getting feedback, uh, I'm going to echo to what I said earlier is just make sure that you are getting candid feedback from people in your area you know, make friends with people that aren't afraid to tell you like, Hey man, I don't like this part about your beer or, and I love this part about your beer, uh, and enter your beer in the category for which it tastes. That is so important. Uh, because I can't tell you how many times I've had, uh, you know, an IPA just fall short, but it would have done great in a pale ale category. Any other exciting things on the horizon for you in the realm of brewing or competitions? Oh man, it's going to be, it's a really busy year for beer for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we have a lot of things coming up. We got world beer cup and craft brewers conference coming up in Minneapolis. That's right around the corner. Uh, right after that, we have HomebrewCon and NHC in, in Pittsburgh. And then uh, of course I'm back out to Denver for GABF. Uh, and then in between there, I actually I do part-time work. You know, my, my, my normal everyday job, I, I work at software. Uh, but, uh, I do part-time work with a local organization here in Nashville, Tennessee called Rhizome Productions, which puts on these huge beer festivals all around town. I actually did one, uh, on Saturday. And, uh, so I have, I pepper my weekends in, I pretty much just beer from here until fall every weekend. It's ridiculous. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's good times. Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I've enjoyed the conversation. Cheers. Cheers, John. Thanks for having me on.
All right. And everyone, don't forget to go to homebrewersassociation.org to vote for the AHA Governing Committee. You'll find the link across the top of the website. And if you liked what John had to say today, feel free to cast your vote for him. Thank you all for tuning in again. I hope you enjoyed the show. And please be sure to reach out with any feedback at competitionbrewpod at gmail.com. Please also make sure that you click the subscribe button to support the show and be informed when new episodes are released. If you have enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please leave us a five-star review on any and all podcast platforms that you use. That will help others find the show and continue to lead us to exciting new guests. Until next time, cheers, y'all. This is one last night.